G'day listeners and uh, welcome back to the Keeper League for another week. Uh, we've just had round three of the AFL and there's uh, plenty to talk about, but uh, as per usual I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? I've uh, been better mate, man flu has got me. Oh it's, no. It's real. Are you going to survive? Uh, look, I might be on life support for the next couple <laughs> of days, but you know, these are the things you do for this pod, you push through the pain barriers and... Uh, We'll just take it week by week. That's it. All right. For those who haven't listened before, uh, we're the podcast that talks about uh, all the lesser known players. We don't uh, rehash all the information about the superstars. Now we try to look at uh, the players underneath the surface and the guys that are actually going to be relevant and available in your keeper league. So I guess we'll get started and talk about the breaking news for the week. So, Kays, what happened on the weekend? Uh, Dusty was a naughty boy and Trent is injured is the main one from the uh, Richmond side. Yep. Uh, and then obviously Seedsman. Uh, Good news for him. It's not an actual knee. Uh, just the four weeks there, apparently. And Jared McVeigh's out for two months, I think, uh, with a with a um, soft tissue injury too. So a few big names out, but that always, uh, you know, gets the the younger younger guys in there or the more unknown. So this is where we come into our own heffy. Yeah, this is where it gets exciting for us, I guess, because uh, the prospect of someone uh, who's a bit lesser known coming into the side gets a bit exciting. Yeah, so who do we like with uh, Dusty and Cochin coming in for, for those two? Well, for me, I'm hoping Jack Ross comes in. So we saw a bit of him in the JLT. Uh, he's a big body midfielder. Uh, he's a stoppage specialist, apparently, and a uh, good use of the ball. Um, he's probably more of a super coach type because looking at his uh, tack cut numbers, uh, he was 97 average in tack cut last year in super coach and then only 77 in AFL fantasy. But, uh, you know, who knows coming into the AFL? There's, we've seen plenty of players come in and perform better at AFL level. So he's someone who excites me. What do you think, Kay? Do you reckon uh, Rookie's going to come in or do you reckon there's going to be something more realistic? Or? Well, looking at it, Josh Cuddy played his first game back on the weekend in the VFL. Yep. And I think he's just, with, with losing so much experience in that side, I think they have to bring someone like him yeah, back of in, especially if he just plays, you know, deep forward. There's no Jack up there. There's no Dusty up there. You know, he almost needs to be the, the full forward. So I think he's a no-brainer to coming in. It's just, you know, potentially they do give uh, Jack Ross a go. Well, there's two to come in. Yeah, and so. that's true. So, you know, <laughs> there's um, you know, there's plenty of, uh, you know, options there. There was a, a tweet I saw through, through earlier in the week and it was like, you know, geez, Anthony Miles and, you know, all these guys that left uh, Richmond, Sam Lloyd to go get more experience somewhere now probably would have been, you know, best 22 at Richmond with all these injuries they've got there. So Yeah, for the time being anyway. Funny how it goes, exactly. Yeah. Um, for the seed, who do you think? I probably, I'm in the Cam Ellis Yeoman boat there. Yeah. Um, Greenwood's probably another one, Hugh Greenwood. I did see on the AFL website, they even throw Jordan Gallucci's name in there. But oh, yeah. His, uh, his, he played round one, didn't he? Uh, no, he hasn't played this hasn't year. Played this his, year. Uh, his, he was a bit injured in the preseason. Oh, that's right, yeah. His stats haven't been ideal uh, the first two SNFL weeks back, so I'm not sure if he'd be the one. I, th- I think they've got enough outside run, you know, with Miller going really well and yeah. Chase Jones if they play him. Um, they probably don't need, you know, another seed type. I think, you know, they're going to go Greenwood, Ellis Yellman for me. What I'm hoping to see, so I agree, they're probably the sensible, most likely options to come in, but uh, Lachlan Scholl, who we'll talk about uh, a bit later in the sample stats, and Ned McHenry, they're two players that I hope come in just for something a bit different. I'm hoping the Crows just do something that makes me a, a bit more interested, but I reckon they'll go with the tried and true, plug in and play the Greenwood, the Ellis Yeoman option, and uh, be real boring. They were very exciting playing one rookie this year, mate. You know, don't, <laughs> don't, don't get too excited and playing, you know, a couple rookies in, in uh, one year. Uh, Chad McVeigh. There's a few people lining up there. There's a few guys dropped last week, including my man Ryan Clark. Oh, he yeah. probably needs another good game in the uh, NEFL, I think. But yeah, uh, um, Jackson Thurlow is another one who, yeah. who had a pretty good JLT series. Um, 
and yeah, look, he's probably one that could get uh, get in that spot and maybe you know do some good things for people who took him late. And I reckon he's probably one to uh, maybe get the uh, back status later on. His heat maps look pretty good. They're across half back uh, for everything basically, and in the defensive half, he's been playing a lot there. So he's almost a lock for that uh, defender yeah. status. So he might be someone worth looking at if he's available in your keeper league. Now the other one's Nat Fife. He's kind of fifty-fifty from yeah. reports. Oh, well, hoping he'll play, but uh, yeah, there might be a few uh, Frio rookies that uh, come in for him. But then we've got, uh, you know, Sean Darcy will come back in, and I know that's not a like for like, but it could just mean a reshuffle of players around. There was talk of uh, even trying Hogan in the middle. So, mm. And Tommy Rockcliffe and Robbie Gray as well, uh, you know, injury concerns last week. But from all reports coming out of this great state of ours, they'll be fine to go on the weekend. All right, that wraps up the uh, breaking news for the week, and we'll move on to the round rewind. Okay, this is the segment where we uh, go through the round and we look at a few of those uh, lesser-knowns that uh, performed well in the uh, games on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, we saw Adelaide versus Geelong on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few players that I liked in this game. Not so many uh, for the Crows, I guess, but a few from Geelong uh, especially. But we'll start with the Crows. And uh, I think Wayne Miller is getting too good for this podcast, Kays. Um, yep. He's scoring too many points, so he's not in those uh, lesser-knowns anymore. Everyone knows who he is and he's racking up the touches. He had 96 from... Uh, 21 touches and laid 10 tackles. Yeah, so absolutely. I called him for top 10 backman this year, and he's currently sitting ninth, just one spot behind Jack Bowes. A fun fact there. No, only ninth. I thought it'd be high. No, he's just at ninth. He hasn't really, you know, got one of those yeah. massive hundreds where. Yeah. And there's a few guys, you know, with only a small sample size, there's a few guys who have started off the yeah. the year quite hot. But you know, he's tracking nicely as I thought. Um, the only other one we had a look at was uh, Alex Keith had 88 points, but this is a pure anom- uh, anomaly. That's the, one I'm, the word I'm looking for, Case. Uh, don't be fooled by this guy. Key defenders are disgusting. Don't go near them. Yep. Uh, for the Cats, Charlie Constable, he impressed again with an 85, uh, 23 disposals and kicked a goal. I reckon the kid's going to be an absolute gun. Uh, Reece Stanley was available in a lot of drafts and, uh, yeah, he feasted on Riley O'Brien, 32 hitouts and uh, Stanley had 82 points. So that's a pretty decent night out for that fella. Yeah. Uh, Mark Blitzars was also good with 22 disposals and 78 fantasy points so hopefully we can uh, see more from him and he becomes a handy defender I guess interesting one he was actually quite a decent fantasy scorer maybe three seasons ago yeah. and then kind of dropped off into an abyss and uh, hasn't really been seen again since well but he kind of gets put into different roles every year he plays yeah, something different so. exactly so yeah. you know potentially what, what he's doing now he could actually start racking up those scores and you know um, I'm finding it more than ever at the moment my back stocks are quite thin so you know, you're taking anyone who can kind of score that, you know, mid to high 70s. Now, Kays, it would have been interesting to uh, watch you watch the game on uh, Friday night because I reckon you would have experienced a whole range of emotions. So talk us through it and then uh, talk us through any players you think impressed on the night. Look, it was a genuine roller coaster. <laughs> I couldn't have been happier at quarter time and then. Lucky there was no remote through the TV at halftime, but uh, look, TV we, out the window. Yeah, yeah. basically, <laughs> I had to get another TV from the week before. Um, yeah, look, I thought we bounced back pretty well. We we're very, very far off our best, and you know, you're, I'm a bit worried if uh, Zach Clark keeps getting games and uh, Mark yeah. Bagley, but 
you know, look, we'll keep we'll keep building. Hopefully, we can get a few of these guys into form, and you know, that's what it looked like on the weekend. And you know, someone like Orazio Fantasia just showed us how good he can be, just not as a not only as a footballer but also as a fantasy scorer. Uh, had that 108. Um, what I loved was the 17 to four kick to handball ratio, and that's cool. just what dreams are made of. And and when they feed the ball through him, he's uh, he can be very very handy, yep. um, fantasy wise. And after a pretty disappointing uh, week last week, Darcy Parrish worked his way into the game. He started off pretty slowly, but I'm still not necessarily sold on him as a fantasy proposition for yeah. for years to come. But he's being, you know, he'll be in a lot of sides, and he's probably doing his uh, his best to keep in some of them. So, look, if you can keep the faith doing that, well, I'm not too sure about him. Uh, and Tommy Bell Chambers, owners of him will be having an absolute headache. He scored uh, 59, and his average for this year is 61, which is very poor. And I suppose the only shining light you can take out of uh, Friday night's game is that Zach Clark was putrid and that hopefully we're not playing him again and just go back to Bell Chambers being solo ruck and then get big buckets McKernan in there pinch hitting not too many clubs playing two ruckmen have two good scoring ruckmen so once you see them in the lineup you can basically write them off for the week but uh, yeah hopefully Clark gets dropped (laughs) Um, look we're looking at uh, Melbourne now and and Tommy McDonald he's uh, been a bit stinky this year and it almost seems to be that no Jesse Hogan has hurt him a lot so a lot of people are kind of expecting him to, to step in and you know Feel the, feel or, the gap. Yeah, but not yeah. that, but potentially increase his scoring. But yeah. um, I know he tweaked his ankle on Friday, but he just needs to find something else. And the issue we, we get to this point in the year is that a lot of these guys who have had bad starts to the season don't have much trade value. Yeah. So if you've gone early on some of these guys and now they're stinking it up, you know, you've almost got to hold and, and hope they come good because you're probably going to get screwed over if you try and trade out some of these to, you know, to try and upgrade or go sideways. So just be wary. And, you know, if you are ke- if you were keen on in preseason, you know, give him a couple more weeks but and don't try and get rid of these guys for a pittance. Uh, he wasn't alone, though. There were plenty of Ds down on that night. Um, Nathan Jones, ANB, uh, Michael Hibbard, and Christian Petraka. You know, look, they're just absolute middle of the range at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only highlights, probably James Harms, actually just con- continuing his great 90 average form. And then Bailey Fritch is looking good as that M6 and M7. And he looks like he's going to explode at some stage. I'm just not sure when, but... Anyone yeah. who's got him would be licking their lips, I reckon. I spent a good week looking at the heat maps because I was just bored this week. And Fritch is the one who's getting a lot of touches across the halfback line as well. So, fingers crossed he gets that uh, defender status. But uh, mm. ultimate footy can be a bit uh, touchy with those type things. That, so. that would be a super juicy yeah. uh, DPP. So, yeah, good luck if you got Bailey Fritch. All right, on to Carlton versus Sydney. So I had the pleasure of sitting down on Saturday afternoon and watching this one. I actually watched every game on Saturday, which was a pretty nice That's afternoon. That's living the dream. Yeah, yeah, couldn't really get out and do much. So, yeah, looking after the little fella. So why not watch a bit of footy in the meantime? Uh, Sam Walsh had his uh, first fantasy ton. So congratulations, son. Uh, raise the bat. Uh, yeah, 28 disposals and a goal. Kids, pure class. Um, yeah. Almost too good for this podcast already. Basically. Yeah. The he, thing is, he can't get a bloody... Um, Nab Rising Star nomination at the moment because <laughs> someone else is playing just as good as him each week, but it'll come. Oh, the, con- the consistency is going to get it for him anyway. Oh, definitely. Uh, Nick Newman had 84 this week, so up from his uh, stinky score last week. Uh, really hopes he drops the uh, a yo-yo-like scoring, I guess, and becomes a consistent defender. Uh, my boy, Sam Petrevsky-Seaton, did his thing, 80 points and uh, from 18 touches and five tackles, just that uh, high floor. Just uh, does it. Each week, he won't score you big, but he won't score low either. So You do like those players, and... Uh, mm-hmm. he, he probably does have the scope to go 
bigger maybe a year or two's time. But, yep. you know, um, third-year player doing that, you, you can't be too upset at all. Uh, for Sydney, Zach Jones is actually turning yeah. into a decent fantasy scorer this year. Yeah. Uh, he's averaging 90, uh, spending a lot of time in the midfield. So that's really good for this year, but bad for next year. Um, if he's uh, if you're not contending, though, uh, maybe look to trade, uh, you know, while he has defender – oh, sorry, while his value as a defender. Mm-hmm. He might be one you might be able to get something for this year if someone's having a crack. Yeah. Uh, good to see Callum Mills do something, uh, scoring 96 from his 28 disposals. Oh, uh, kicked a, uh, kicked a couple snags. And, uh, yeah, that got him to 93. Seems like he has to kick goals to score well, though, as we mentioned last week. He yeah. seems like he gets a lot of the ball, but doesn't really score that well. At least he's playing well and, you know, yeah. gives himself the chance. But, yeah, he does seem to be one of those just genuine half-forward kind of blokes who needs a couple of goals to, to register a big one. Uh, Sam Reid had an 80, so you know my rules with key forwards. But uh, what was interesting about this, he didn't actually kick a goal. So he took mm-hmm. five marks and five tackles. So, you know, that's a pretty decent effort for a key, a key forward, yeah. uh, scoring 80 without actually kicking any. That is good. Um, GWS and Richmond. So um, Jeremy Finlayson is one who would have gone very late, and he's put two good games together now uh, with a 95 on the weekend. And he did have a, a bit of promise you know, early on, and I do like him. So it's good to see him up and about. Um, one of the guys that can take kick-ins too. So he's been uh, looking quite good this year so far, uh, Finlayson. Mummy amazingly scored 85 without having one single kick. <laughs> That's incredible. He didn't even register one <laughs> kick. So um, good signs there for the coaches who took a, a genuine punt on him uh, because he, we didn't know what he was going to be at the start of this year. So uh, amazing effort there. 82 from Zach Williams Hef. Yeah, he's building. You took him in round two. Are we, yep. are, we, are we happy with this, mate? Well, you know, round two does seem early, but it was the end of the second round and every other top-line defender was gone. I just thought he was the next uh, bloke to step into that top-line defender role and my rule was always to take a defender second round. So, okay. tried and true. Jeez, this is going to be enjoyable to watch this year when he you know, averages <laughs> 80. Well, what's keep a league? We'll average 90 <laughs> next year. Well, yep, true. <laughs> um, and surely Jackson Haitley and uh, Jai Cobwell aren't far off uh, a start. They've uh, they played really well in the NIFA, which we'll touch on a bit later on. And uh, Tommy Sheridan's out, I think. So, you know, potentially it gives one of those guys an opportunity to play their first AFL game next week. So uh, keep an eye on them. Come team announcements this week. And uh, look, and looking at Richmond, they have just uh, gone to absolute water. So apart from Lammy and Meatball, uh, this team just continue to stink um, oh. from a yeah, fantasy yeah. and a football point of view. Um, yeah, well, Josh Caddy, as we said, probably back in this week, so that will kind of uh, help his owners out. Sydney Stack, great debut with 89 points there, and he should definitely hold his spot for a while, especially with all these injuries. Yeah, big fan. Uh, Brandon Ellis, two solid games in a row now with an 82. And the question is... Tommy Lynch is averaging 56 and Dusty, even though he's not playing this week, is averaging 69. What do you do with two of those guys? Oh, I wouldn't have picked uh, Lynch in the first place. So luckily I'm not in that situation. But you'd, obviously I reckon you're benching Lynch. That's the best you can do. I don't think yeah. you can get much to trade for him. Dusty, I reckon you've got to give time. I don't know where his head's at the moment. We saw on the weekend he was pretty rattled. Yeah. Um, he wasn't looking good. So maybe just give him a little bit of time. I reckon he will come good eventually. But uh, yeah. Richmond just are the most boring team to watch because you watch neutral games from a fantasy perspective and yep. it just sucks watching them at the moment. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Rightio. Oh, can you talk about this? I can talk about this. You got any tissues? Well, I didn't expect to win it, so it's actually oh, play as, uh, we to play as well as we did. I was quite happy with it. Go on. Uh, we'll talk about Brisbane first. Uh, Brisbane versus Port Adelaide is the uh, is the game we're talking about in case you didn't pick up on that already. But uh, yeah, Josh Walker had 117 points, uh, taking 16 marks in defence. 
So Port had lack a true key forward at the moment and with Dixon injured and Marshall, Marshall not best 22. I don't know how he's not in the best 22, but anyway, we won't go into that. Uh, so he was able to just float across halfback and take grabs. So this won't happen every, every week. So one of those ones that you don't be fooled by, but you yeah. know, at least we know the scoring potential is there. Uh, Eric Hipwood had 106, but uh, had to boot six goals to get it. So again, no, probably not something else. Well, actually, it might happen more often now. We might yeah. see Hipwood actually getting more goals, but I don't think he'd be kicking six every week. He's straight as an arrow too yeah. with his kicking. He was, uh, I watched the first half of that game. He was bloody good. Yeah. No, he's impressive. Uh, Daniel Rich is becoming super solid across mm. halfback. Him and Witho seem to be sharing the kick-ins too, so just sharing around those touches. It's probably dented with the, uh, with it and scoring a little bit yeah. and boosted uh, Rich's quite a bit. So, but yeah, he had 25 disposals and 89 points. So He looks back to the Daniel Rich of old, yeah. actually. He's uh, playing with a bit of flair and they're using using uh, him as the distributor, which is really good. I've actually got him in a couple of leagues at the moment in a redraft and a keeper league, so I'm mm. pretty happy with that pickup. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Link the Stink uh, McCarthy was uh, solid uh, 80 points and a mark of the year contender did you see that case? I didn't yeah no. it was amazing and uh, Mitch Robinson's face after he took it down <laughs> was fucking classic as well <laughs> uh, on to the power so uh, Connor Rosie Wow, we this kid went large. Uh, kicked five goals, had 21 touches, seven marks, two. Had a fair day out. It's unfortunate radio is not a visual medium because Hef is actually drooling <laughs> right now. <laughs> Sam Pepper uh, showed glimpses of what he uh, might be able to produce. He was a centre clearance beast in this game. He had 29 touches, but it seemed like, yeah, every time Port won a clearance, it was in his hands. Uh, still needs to use the ball a bit better. A few bombs into the forward line, and but, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't matter. That's, that, that doesn't matter affect your fantasy scoring at all. Yeah. That's just a personal opinion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he had 101 uh, Dream Team points this week. So, pretty decent day out from Sam Powell Pepper. Uh, the Deebs, Darcy Byrne-Jones, uh, had 98. Uh, pushed up the ground a bit more and got a few extra kicks up that way. Uh, also had seven tackles, which is always going to boost your scoring. He'll uh, do this every now and then, so he'll be a pretty handy defender if you've got him in your side. Yeah, definitely. Uh, rate him quite highly, DBJ. Righto, on to the Collingwood West Coast game. So the grand final replay, and we got our first glimpse of what uh, Gaff Field Eagles engine room looks like. So uh, Shuey scored 101, Gaff with 97, and Dom Sheed 93. So still plenty of uh, points to go around that midfield with those three guys there. Do you think we see, uh, well, yeah, these guys are too good for our podcast anyway, but do you think we see Sheed dropping off in the scoring now Gaff's back? That's why I was kind of, obviously Sheed went uh, double tonned uh, the first two weeks and then dropped to 93, but I think if you're one of those owners, you're still pretty happy with a 93 from from Don Sheed. It really hurts the guys more like your, um, your Mastons and your Reddens who just keep dropping yeah. and dropping and dropping. So And they're the guys who probably would have been available in a few of the pools we were talking about. You know, you're a Maston owner and it's not great yeah. times for you at the moment. Up and down, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about some uh, Keeper League relevant players. So who else you got, Case? Uh, Brad Shepard. How good's he been going? Because yeah. he would have gone super late because he's always been that, you know, 70 average scorer. Uh, he's scoring 95s, um, 90 average for the season, which wow. is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then we get back to Tom Hickey with, you know, 45. <laughs> so he's gone from basically 30 to 100 to 45. But he's just continually stinking. So yeah. he's just yo-yoing. You, you know, we're talking about guys like, um, yeah, West Coast and... Um, uh, Melbourne who have uh, or not Melbourne Mel, um, Geelong who have multiple Ruckman and you yeah. know as you're saying when um, different when they've, when you've got two Ruckman it's just impossible to, to back anyone in to score yeah. um, Collingwood who have been pretty hot and Chris Mayne just keeps doing it he's 90, <laughs> 97 on the weekend and he's averaging 104.7 this season yeah what a freak yeah 
uh, we talked about him last week, but um, one that looks good is Braden Maynard's kind of building. So yeah. he turned up on the weekend, started off round one with a 40, went out to an 80. Now he's turned up. It's what he can do. He was someone I talked about preseason. I never know where to place this guy. Yeah. When we did our defender rankings, I was just, you know, one week I'd have him in the top 20 yeah. or, you know, you know, 18, 19. Then I'd drop him down to the 30s and then bring him back up to 25 and all this sort of stuff. I reckon he's actually trying to yeah, show us what he can actually do. Yeah. And two of the guys that we really liked in the preseason, Jamie Ellett and Josh Thomas, are just down. They're both yeah. averaging 55 this season after super hot JLTs. And I think probably we and everyone in the whole fantasy uh, fraternity got excited with their preseasons, probably too excited. Yeah. And we've just actually just bounced back to a bit of reality because this is the kind of numbers that they've put up over their careers. Obviously, Elliot's been a bit, you know, they've been higher. Yeah. But, you know, from now on in, you can probably only expect 70s, 80s, I think. Elliot's probably more disappointing because Thomas, I guess, he was playing a lot of midfield in the JLT and we knew that was not going to happen when everyone else came back. Yep. Whereas Elliot played that forward role, he played the same in the JLT and we still managed to score pretty well. So I reckon he's the bigger disappointment out of the two. Thomas, I'm not really surprised that this is uh, happening to him. But uh, yeah, I thought Elliot would be a little bit better than he is right now. It's crazy because these boys would have been taken late and then, you know, that hot preseason. And yeah. then they've gone from probably being in your best 18 on your fantasy side and now they're bench options. And that's why they were taken late. Yes. True. <laughs> Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Hef, you watched that one. What'd you like? Uh, yeah, Caleb Daniel. I'm loving Caleb Daniel at the moment. How good is he? Yeah, he's become one of my favourite players in the comp, I reckon. Uh, yeah, he's get, he's almost getting too good for the podcast as well. So, uh, 96 points, playing his halfback role, uh, 24 disposals, 20 of them kicks. He loves putting it mm, on the boot. He does. Uh, works really hard to get them too. Uh, four tackles next to his name, just super solid game. Not going to be, he's going to be a defender next year. So, if he's someone that you need or a defender, you, you new to defender uh, start chasing him because yep. uh, I reckon he's going to be pretty decent uh, Taylor DeRay so he's slowly building up to 74 this week he had 51 week 1 67 week 2 he's in the 70s this week next week he's going to be in the 80s well, he's uh, slowly building that's the pattern <laughs> he's funny because he probably had that good season 4 or 5 years ago yeah. when, where he was an 80 everyone thought he was going to break out going to be the next big thing and, yeah. then, and hasn't but you know maybe the dogs might bring it out in him they're that kind of uh, they do score well yeah. you know like they just it's crazy watching some of the the Bulldog scores because I was playing golf on Sunday and I was watching Jack, Jack McRae who was my captain yeah. and he was on like yeah. 30 at half time and then ended up on 122 you know like they and they shared around it's, it's ridiculous how much they score Do you have to bother checking the scores when you're playing me mate uh, just to really rub it in <laughs> I just wanted to know Jack wasn't going to you know choke and you know me not win but uh, yeah it was never in doubt all right, for Gold Coast. So, Jack Bowes had 98 yes. again. Still no ton though, Case. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Taking 98 every day as your backman. Yeah, 25 touches, six tackles. Um, didn't rate his hair on the weekend. Needs a haircut. Yeah, it's probably not really buoyed by the Telstra Dome service. Yeah, it's yeah. getting a bit long as well. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, Lockie Wellow's finally living up to his potential. Uh, apparently, that potential was worth pick two a couple of years ago. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he had 26 disposals. Uh, he was one... Uh, Sorry, he has one disposal four to 50, say. Mm. Just saying that he's pretty much locked in. I oh, know he's a player that I always kind of thought that he might push up to a wing or something like that in this Gold yeah. Coast side. But no, nah, he's playing that true halfback role. So it looks like he's going to stay a defender. He's never going to screw you up by getting uh, mid-status touchwood. It's handy. Uh, two meter Peter mm. uh, played in the ruck and had 19 hit outs uh, to go with his 11 marks uh, if he could have added some goals to that tally he would have gone big but uh, only finished with a 74 but he's showing a bit this season and I'm really liking the look of him yeah um, rightio Hawthorne and North Melbourne so you know just I know we're going to talk about a couple of people who probably weren't relevant to our pod but Jaeger going at 120 is just mind blowing to me like he's just 
delivered on some of that promise and um, would have gone mid in a lot of, you know, startup drafts and stuff like that. So, if you took him then, it's a real win. But Tricky Ricky Dix, uh, Henderson, sorry, 108 and he is just on fire and probably went super late in our, in our keeper uh, redraft too. So, um, amazing. Hef, our boys. Jimmy Warpool and Jimmy Cousins. Yeah. What's going on? 60 and 61. There's just no tackles in there, which is weird for them. Those extra numbers that usually get them up there, they yeah. just weren't there this week. It's true. And potentially sm- uh, not really affected by Wingard, I don't think, because he was very forward. He only had the, the nine touches Wingard and had 70, but he kicked three goals. So yeah. that's what you're probably going to expect if he's playing that genuine forward role, which uh, Clarko said he would be when he joined the club. So... Um, he might score better. Just will, you know, take a few weeks to to find his feet. I think when you see Wingard build his tank, he's going to move in that midfield pretty quickly. I think. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and Dave Mirror, he's actually one to watch for me. He's a, a backman, and and my team struggling a bit in defence. Uh, seventy four on the weekend and scored seventy six in round one, and you know that's kind of the sweet spot for a nice D five. So uh, if you're playing waivers or you know someone's got him stashed away and have, and they've got a few handy D uh, defenders already, maybe just uh, have a look at Dave Mirror. Yeah, um, not yeah, a bad. Just one it. of them. Uh, Jasper Pittard, your boy, showed what he can do. He cracked the ton. And uh, look, if things go his way, he can be a genuine match winner, but he can also be a genuine match <laughs> That's loser. just classic Pittard, really. Just, yeah. yeah. 70s, 70s, looked, 100s. Yeah. He looked all right on the weekend. I didn't mind his, uh, no, mind his game at all. One bloke I am definitely warning you off is Sean Attlee. Yep. 111. Do not get sucked into this guy. Uh, he's... Average uh, career uh, PB is 66. So, you know, yes, he might have had one good game, but please don't expect that uh, going forward. And one guy that I've been keeping an eye on, Dom Tyson, is just playing ridiculously mediocre fantasy football and had a 71 again. So he's uh, bordering on not startable in the midfield. Yep. Uh, And to wrap up the weekend, Fremantle and St. Kilda. Well, Fremantle just really got excited uh, from a fantasy point of view on the weekend. Uh, Luke Ryan finally hit form with 136, 25 kicks and 13 marks, which is genuine fantasy gold. Uh, Ed Langdon and um, Brad Hill continue their great starts. And more importantly, Adam Chera finally decided to show up. Uh, So after going back-to-back 44s, he raised the bat with 102. And hopefully he can go on with it. Potentially Fife out this week just gives him that extra chance to run through the midfield there. Rory Lobb as Frio's number one ruckman could be one of the great finds of the year as a as a drafter taking him late if Darcy doesn't come back in. It's a bit weird why he didn't play last week. He was managed, I think, which is a bit odd. He looks to be coming straight back in this week. So so if he is, Rob could be one of those guys where you would just play a week-to-week proposition to really depending on you know who else is in the team because he had 28 hitouts and 95 points, which is fantastic. So it might keep Darcy out, but... Probably not. So it's it's another one, and the lastly, uh, Taylor Jaman, eighty two, one yep. of the guys we brought up in the the preseason pods, and is definitely one to grab off the the waiver wire if you can, or, or trade him in. He looks like a player. Looks like just wanting just nights to rack him up. So he's one to keep on your fantasy watch list. He was one I was really hot on on the uh, the waiver wire pickup episode for the uh, patron subscribers. Yeah, and uh, look, I'm still kicking myself for not taking Rowan Marshall. Same, aren't we all? <laughs> he is thriving as the Saints' number one ruck four. 40 hit outs, 122 points and six tackles. Thank you very much. We'll obviously have a bit more of a challenge this week against big boy McAvoy, but yep. uh, his groundwork just makes him a starter for, for most people's teams each week because he just gets around the ground, you know, getting uh, a fair few touches. So he just uh, a chat. Jack Nunes, 86, continues his great start to the year and just gets back to his old form. Ja- um, Sebi Ross owners, 
Are you worried? Oh, yeah, of course. We'll talk about this a bit more in the uh, listener tweets later on, but, God, he's had a shit start to the year. And finally, one guy that I've been keeping an eye on, Dean Kent. Uh, if you had any hopes for him, forget them. He's not playing a fantasy-friendly role at all. All right, that wraps up the uh, round rewind. So now we'll just have a look at uh, a few players who scored well from the two. So we'll start with, uh, we'll go around all the state leagues. So we'll look at the SNFL first up, the uh, the great state. Uh, Jack Trengove had, had backed up his score last week with a 189 this week. He is currently averaging 183.5 in the Sandful. So if Rocky's out this week, I reckon he's going to be the first person to come straight back in. He's got but, to be. You know, if someone like Trent McKenzie, who's the next player we're going to talk about, can have 120, maybe the Sandfuls just not much chop case. They got, they lost though. Yeah, I know. That's like, the thing. You're scoring 189 in a losing side. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's true. Uh, Sam the, Mays is one that I think has to play at some stage. He's been yeah. he's been playing pretty well in the SNFL too. Yeah, so he had 113 on the weekend. is averaging over 100 in the Sandful. Uh, Cam ellis for the Crows. So he had 113. He's also averaging 100. Uh, so he's probably someone who's likely to, uh, yeah, come in for the seed. Uh, just another interesting one. Uh, Matthew Broadbent had 112, um, averaging 98 for the season. And uh, there was a bit of a few left food ones here we're just going to look at. But uh, Lockie Scholl is averaging 95 at Sandful level and he uh, had 109 last last week and uh, yeah he just could be someone who might be in contention for that season role if they do want to go for genuine outside pace he's showing really good form in the sample he had great underage stats too yeah so one to, to look at for the future yeah it might be a, a good stash option if you can get him in there somewhere the other guy I was pretty uh Hot on on the preseason for a stash. He wasn't. I didn't think he was going to do too much this year. But uh, Kai Pudney, he's averaging ninety two, and he had a hundred on the weekend, and just looks like an absolute ball magnet. He's just too skinny to play AFL at the moment, too little. But uh, once he gets a bit bigger, he could be uh, yeah decent for our teams. Radio and having a look at the waffle. So we're talking about someone who might come in for Nat Five this week who doesn't come up. Uh, Mitch Crowden one twenty and yep. Tommy North one fifteen would probably be the leading contenders for them um, and then yeah just with the other scores around the waffle nothing too massive uh, Fraser McInnes 93 Jake Waterman 88 and Keegan Brooksby 86 um, yeah just uh, they're not going to really get, jump into the, the West Coast team too uh, too quickly I wouldn't have thought nah not at all but uh, yeah there was pretty low scores from those uh, Peel Thunder and West Coast Eagles side so we thought we'd better talk about something <laughs> <laughs> uh, the VFL okay Sam Draper yeah 133 uh, same with Benny Crocker 133 Nathan Rovat, your boy, 128, yeah. bounced well, back after being axed. Well, he had, a, he had a bad year last year with injury, and I think he's trying to work his way back into the side after not being able to find any form last year. Uh, he was kind of talked up to be kind of looking to have a decent preseason, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I think he's really trying to work his way back into that north side because it's kind of like a last-ditch effort for him, I think, to save his career. Yeah. So uh, he's scoring pretty well. Uh, Rourke Smith from the Bulldogs had 115. Patrick Lipinski also 112. Uh, then Max Lynch had 111, and Trent Monot had 110. Hmm. Uh, the Neeful, Will Brody, top scoring them with 145. He's surely banging the door down to get into the sun side, but winning is winning form's good form, so it's hard to bundle uh, anyone out of that. Michael Riscatelli, 139. Aaron Young, 135. Some massive scores coming out the GW, uh, G, uh, sorry, the Gold Coast 2 side there. James Rose, 135 from the, the Swans. Not a bad effort. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Tommy Cutler, 126. Alan Christensen, 119. Corey lines 117 we've got um zach bailey going out this week he's injured so there is a spot available in the Lions side for the first time this year probably christensen maybe cutler um would yeah. be the ones i'd be thinking so they put their hands up on the on the weekend 
Tommy Nichols, he still plays footy. Yeah, wow. he rocks a bit uh, for the Gold Coast up there. 115. Yep. Uh, Sammy Day, 114. And Aiden Bonar for GWS, 114. I think in future we need to cull some of these unneeful scores because there are a lot of 100s in there, which probably tells us something, Case. Neeful's a great quality <laughs> competition. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, let's move on. All right, time for the captain's call. So um, each week we uh, have a look at some of the scoring history and we read through 20 captains to try to find you at least someone in your side uh, that you might be able to put the C on. Uh, we know a lot of teams out there sometimes struggle to find someone half decent depending uh, how well you've, uh, or I guess how many of your players you've traded away or how poorly you've drafted. So we'll try to help you find someone in this uh, top 20. So uh, the first one I reckon for this week is uh, Patrick Dangerfield. He's in a, uh, a good patch of form. Average yeah. is 105 against uh, GWS and uh, 110 at home there for the Cats. So we reckon he'll go pretty big this week. Uh, Jack McRae, as always, uh, you know, averages uh, 114 against Collingwood. Loves playing at the G, averages 116 there. We think he'll go around the 130 mark again. So another uh, decent uh, captain option there. Travis Boak is in there for us. So he's uh, in a good run of form. He's a new man. Yeah. I I was actually blown away watching him closely on the the first half of the weekend. He is... um yeah, he's a man possessed to find the footy. Yeah, he is. Average is 103 against Richmond, so some pretty good history there. Uh, Rory Sloan, uh, just going on recent form, doesn't have the best numbers against North Melbourne. Average is 94 against them, but uh, on recent form, we think he'll go okay, especially on Marvel Stadium. I think it, uh, it's a deck that suits him. Uh, Jake Lloyd, um, I think he hasn't gone under 120 this year. So, uh, yeah, we can't... Uh, That's a good captain option. Yeah, definitely. So we can't really look past him there. Uh, Lockie Whitfield is 160-odd last week. That was crazy. Massive. Um, averages uh, 98 down in Geelong too. So should be interesting to see how he goes there. Patrick Cripps, um, another good stat, I guess. He averages 117 at Metricon. I think he's only played there a couple of times and he had 160-odd uh, last time he was there. So That helps. Yeah, he loves that deck. So hopefully he can uh, go big this this week, uh, Trelaw, 103 against Western Bulldogs and 105 at uh, the MCG. So he's a decent option. He was a bit down last weekend. We apologise uh, for anyone who did put the C on him because uh, he didn't go as big as he was previously. But that, that happens. It uh, goes up and down. If he did go uh, Dangerfield, though, I projected that 100% spot on. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, took the horn on that one. Uh, the Bont, he is back, I reckon, this year. He averages 103 at the MCG as well. So he should be uh, in Red hot form, I think, and will score well. Lockie Neal, speaking of form, this guy is uh, going to go big this weekend, I reckon. Averages 100, the MCG, so that uh, suits him for his game against Essendon. I reckon that's going to be a bit of a fantasy yep. feast there. Um, Matt Crouch, actually, both the Crouches, we've got, we, last two weeks we've had them right next to each other. So if you've got a Crouch, chuck a C on them. Uh, they're both pretty decent fantasy scorers, and, uh, yeah, they look to go big this week. Uh, Tommy Rockliffe he slips down the order a bit, uh, I guess uh, – you know, being knocked out last week, he uh, kind of puts a bit of doubt over him. But, uh, yeah, he averages uh, 110 against Richmond. So, pretty good numbers there. Uh, Jack Steele jumps in this week. Yeah, average, averages 109 uh, against Hawthorne. So, someone who could go big fear this weekend. And, you know, if you're one of those people that don't have too many captain options, but you do have Jack Steele on your side, he could be someone you consider. Uh, Josh Kennedy 
uh, averages 98 uh, at the SCG. So he should go all right. Uh, Yago Mira um, jumps into our top 20 options after last weekend, really feasting on those Tom Mitchell points. I reckon he's the main beneficiary yeah, 120 of those. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yep, so chuck a C on him if you need to. Uh, Brody Grundy, uh, we don't really need to say too much, but against uh, speaking old English, uh, Tim, he is going to have an absolute field day on that skinny kid. He is not going to win <laughs> a hit out. Uh, Max Gorn is uh, pretty interesting numbers. The average is 132 against Sydney, so you think that'd be pretty safe uh, this weekend. Lockie Hunter, 106 versus Collingwood. That's his average, so should go well. And Bradley Hill rounds off the 20. Uh, again, In not... super form. Yeah, not the best history against uh, Frio, but uh, we can't uh, look past the form. All right, so we have on the back of that, uh, I guess we had no... Oh, we had no captain's call tweets. I think everyone's pretty settled on their captains this week, so we're going to jump straight into the uh, the start or sit. So, Kays, what was the first question we got there? First question's from at bangersandmash85. I can't believe it's come to this, but two of these players are in a serious form slump. He needs to pick two from Seb Ross, Elliot Yo, Dion Prestia and Jared Berry. I can't handle watching Ross and Yo run around and not get a kick. It's draining my soul and my love for fantasy. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, sub story there, Bangers uh, and Mash. I love it, But man. I actually, I feel the same way. I've got Seb Ross, so I'm glad someone's putting that into into words for us and uh, painting the picture of uh, pain that we're all experiencing at this point in time. Uh, Cades, what do you think? Well, I think Presti is a must with a depleted Richmond side. So I, he's coming off 118. I think he's going to be your lock. Yo is a bit of a derby specialist, having a look at uh, some of his previous games. He's uh, scored three tons in his last five derbies and has 152 in his name there. So, he'd, they'd be the two I'd go. And I reckon Berry is my third option, just because they're playing the Dons. Should be a pretty fantasy-friendly game. It's pretty hard to not give Seb Ross the, the nod over those three, but he's just in a slump, mate. Yeah. Yo is projected the highest for us out of those uh, four, so I'd be playing Yo. Uh, I'm a saddest, so I'd just chuck Ross on and just ride this. <laughs> ride it out. You've got to sometimes <laughs> yeah. as a coach. Uh, next one's from at AJS Hawker. Shaki or Membry? Jeez, uh, that's uh, hard to pick between the two of them. I'm probably going to have to go Membry, I reckon, over the two, uh, but not with much faith. My question is, do you have another option? Because I'd be choosing that one. Yeah, if you've like, got This one. is a tough one. Uh, no, but uh, Timmy Membry, he's probably just got the, the runs on the board over a longer period of time. Josh yeah. Shaggy had a good game two weeks ago, but uh, yeah, look, just it's still a bit of a watch on him. I think he's going to be a jet. But, Shaggy uh, will get you 58 and Membry will get you 65 or something like that. Nothing uh, special. Could be a game winner. <laughs> never know. Sometimes it happens. Uh, at Dan K 101 Andrew Brayshaw or Zach Fisher in the midfield and Tim Membry or Jaden Stevenson in my forward line. Thanks for your help. Uh, we've got Fisher projected high out of those two, um, so I'd go with him. Close one between uh, Stevenson and Membry. I'd probably go Stevenson, except, again, Membry's uh, projected high for the two of them, but yeah. I like what Stevenson brings to the table. And he's got that flair that he could go bigger, I think. If Fife doesn't play, I'd be more inclined to maybe play Brayshaw. Okay, yep. But uh, I think Zach Fisher versus the Gold Coast probably has more safety in uh, in that choice. Yep. And I'd definitely go Jaden Stevenson. And the question is, if you do play loopholes with your you know, first Saturday game lockout, he'd be a great candidate to- uh, Check on the bench. Have, yeah, have as your bench uh, loophole yep. and uh, just see what he can do. And then if not, just uh, whack memory on there. 
Uh, next question is from at Hacho180. Nick Haynes, Michael Hibbard, Jack Scrimshaw. He's leaning towards Haynes. Yeah, I'd also take Haynes. He's uh, averaging more. Hibbard does average 99 at the SCG, though, and 92 against Sydney. But that's just food for thought because I would not be going near him at the moment. Michael Hibbard will be lucky to play this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same. He's trash. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nick Haynes for sure. I do like how Scrimshaw is building, though, um, playing all right for yep. his new side. So he'll be one that I, I'll be looking to uh, see how he goes towards the end of the year. But, yeah, Nick Haynes is the safe option So we're there. both in agreement. We'd go Haynes, Scrimshaw, Hibbard. Yep. Yep. Well, Hibbard's playing VFL. So <laughs> yeah. playing VFL. He won't be team. scoring too many points <laughs> yeah. there. Righto. Trade review, Heffy. Uh, first trade review comes in from at... Erdenoff. Just uh, one went through today. Sam Menegola for Elliot Yo and a second round, which is probably round, uh, sorry, pick 15 to 20. In their league. Mm. Yeah, I, I like it. I reckon Yo is going to bounce back eventually. Uh, Menegola only had three possessions inside 4-50 on Thursday night. So... That might be an indication of what his, uh, I guess, status will be next year. So I think both of them are likely to be mids next season. And Menegola kind of gets a bit of value being a forward, but I don't mm. think it's going to be retained. So if yeah. I'm picking between pure midfielders next year, I'm picking Yo every day of the week. Um, and then you get the second rounder on top of that. So yeah. oh, Elliot Yo can be an absolute pig when he wants to yeah. be in it. And it won't take long. He'll just get on a roll when he'll be scoring 120s, you know, uh, a week for fun. So, um, and then you get your extra second round pick, which is pretty handy, uh, as we know, in some of these leagues. So, yeah, the, the Yo the yo side of that trade wins for me. Yep. Uh, at Garbs underscore seven, 10 team, 12 player keeper league with captains off and waivers slash free agents available. Well, I traded McLuggage straight up for JPK. In my, he's in his premiership window and already has 12 to 15 solid keepers to likely choose from. He also traded out SPS and a fourth round pick for Buddy. Yeah. What are your thoughts there, Hef? Um, well, with the first one, you know, I think McCluggage is obviously going to be the better future scorer, but as someone who's kind of benefited from those type of trades before in the past, if you're having a crack at the flag, there's sometimes the things you got to do to get yourself over the line. Mm-hmm. Now, it could fail miser- miserably a lot of the time in case you tried to do that, trade out all your young guns. I'm not talking players. about this <laughs> But uh, quite often it doesn't. So sometimes you're just going to make these moves. Um, petrovsky Seton, I do have a real soft spot for petrovsky Seton. Yeah. Um, I potentially probably wouldn't have done that one uh, because I don't see... I can see petrovsky Seton getting around your 78, 80 each week type thing. Thing. Buddy, I can see him going big, but then going really low in other yeah. weeks as well. Look, it's a tough one. I, I don't really like the McLuggage trade because I think that he's just going to be a genuine jet yeah. for years to come. But you actually can't argue with back-to-back 120s from uh, JPK. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, Bags is going to be the serious gun, and, and but these are the trades we do. I do actually like the Buddy one uh, for SPS. Yes, we talk about how good a, a floor SPS has, but his ceiling's quite low. Whereas Buddy, if you're, you know, especially coming in towards finals, you know, later in the year when when these guys are going to be going for the, the cup, yeah. Buddy's going to win your game. I don't think SPS is going to win your game this year. That's, th- my, that's my feel. I think from memory, it might have been in the actual AFL finals, but Buddy had like a 22 real late last season. And if that was in your grand final, you'd be absolutely kicking yourself. Yeah, but you know, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Whereas I see SPS just getting you 75 each week and you'd bank that over that. I don't you're, know. You're it's a tough who, one. You're the guy who likes stocks instead of you know, going <laughs> the races and having a punt. Yeah, it's reverse heffy. <laughs> uh, and the last one on this one is at Kennel Keepers. Thoughts on Whitfield and Luke Parker for Tim Taranto and Wayne Miller. 
He's rebu- he's rebuilding and thinking that Whitfield will not retain his defender status. Yeah, I reckon that's uh, Taranto and Miller is the uh, the winner there. Mm-hmm. Like Whitfield and Parker, probably the two better at this point in time. But if you're rebuilding, you can't probably have two better blokes in your side than Taranto and Miller. What do you think, Case? Yeah, I think the TT and uh, Miller trade wins there. Miller keeps his back status for sure. Uh, and I'm a bit concerned about Luke Parker as a previous owner. He just hasn't delivered for a, a couple of years now. And really, if they're the two you're tossing up between, I'd be taking Miller. And I just think, you know, if, you, if yes, Whitfield does get midfield and yeah, not back status, him and Taranto are going to be scoring, you know, high numbers together for many years to come. So I don't think there's going to be too much uh, problem there with that trade. So I'd be going the, the Miller side for sure. All right, and there's uh, one more trade uh, that's come through today, and it's a bit of a big one. It's uh, caused a – well, I looked at my phone today on my lunch break, and I saw I had 13 uh, notifications just over this trade. So I'll read it out for you. Setterfield, Oliver, Graham, and Mummy for Constable, Lysett, Rosie, and Burton. Thoughts, Case? These are the trades we bloody love in Keeperlinks <laughs> because how the hell do you even decipher they who wins that? Bring the house down. It's well, just – Yeah. Like – if you, oh, it's so good. You know, Oliver's so damn good. Uh, Graham has potential. Mummy's got one year left probably. And I've been pretty unconvinced by Will Setterfield this year. Yeah. And then you go against um, Charlie Constable, who looks to be a genuine star. Lysette's going to be a pretty good long-term ruckman. Connor Rosie has some serious talent. And uh, Ryan Burton started really well at the power. Oh, man. It, obviously, the guy who has Oliver is going for the flag this year because, yeah. you know, the, the second part of that, potentially you've got four keepers for life there, whereas, you know, Mummy, Setterfield, I'm really not convinced. Oh, I don't know. And these know. ones, I always just go for who who the kind of biggest scorer out of those. So, oh, you've got Oliver in there who's going to be an absolute guaranteed superstar, yeah. whereas Constable looks good um, and I can see him being good, but he's still only at the 85 level. You know, a lot can happen between now and the next oh, few yeah. years. Oh, so yeah. I'd probably pick this, the Oliver owner out of all of those. But, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a big trade, so a big blockbuster. And uh, yeah, thanks for sending that one in. So good. All right, time for our favourite segment of the week, the uh, the listener tweets. So first up, I think we only got a few this week because uh, the rest of the uh, ones kind of fit into the rest of the categories, but that's all right. The first one this week comes from AJS Hawker. Uh, what's going wrong with Ross? Uh, new role, not what I want from my second round pick. What do you think, Case? Well, he's probably going better than Zach Williams still, so it's not the worst second round pick. No. <laughs> um, I don't think he is. <laughs> yeah, he's probably not. I don't think he's, yeah, he's actually not. Um, look, I probably haven't watched a lot of St. Kilda uh, games, so I'm probably not the best to speak about, but it is funny how people can go in and out of um, ability. I don't, not ability of uh, their um, role in team. Sorry, is what I'm trying to say. Seb Ross has so much ability and so much fantasy potential. I think he's just one that you've got to, um, you've just got to hold on to because he's, he's going to bounce back. He's that good. Yeah, like for me, he just doesn't seem to be winning as much uh, ball out of the middle. Um, he's down on contested possessions as well. I think only a couple per game, but uh, generally that ends up adds up being you know around about ten points a game once you factor in, I guess the uh, the kicks uh, there. Um, yeah, so it's a bit uh, it's a bit hard. Um, St Kilda 
I guess, were actively trying to get the ball into his hands last mm. year. And it doesn't seem to be happening as much. So I don't know whether it's the quick ball movement, giving on the boot, kind of skipping that kind of midfield line. Because they, be, they used to move the ball uh, through him a lot in the midfield. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with him, to be honest. I'm just kind of spitballing, throwing ideas here. But uh, hopefully, I reckon stick with him. I reckon Sebros is the kind, he's too good to be down for too long, I think. So, so you would hold? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's got too much potential. And it wouldn't depend on what you're trying to do, if you're trying to rebuild or you're trying to... Go for the flag. What would you be? How would you change? Right now, I just don't think you're going to get the value out of him. Yeah, it's worth cool. so. Yeah. And the next question is from at Poop Fantasy One. Is it too early to pick up Stack as a free agent? Hashtag interested but unconvinced. Uh, no, I don't think it's too early. Uh, you got to pounce on these guys because someone else just will. Yeah. Um, spoke about him in the waivers mini episode for the uh, Patreon subscribers, but he plays a fantasy-friendly role and he's going to get a lot of opportunity because uh, I guess Short's out now. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hooli's injured. I'm not sure if he actually comes back in this week. But, uh, yeah, there's a few, few players missing. Plus, he was probably one of the few Tigers that actually looked like doing anything on the weekend as well. So, yeah. he's... Uh, Definitely someone to uh, yeah to have a look at, and if he's available on your waiver wire, snap him up if you got the spot. Now hope for the best. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the uh, the listener tweets, and uh, yeah, just a few this week. But again, we didn't get too many through. Uh, we might just read out a review we got during the week. K. It's a very very nice review by uh, a bloke called Tim Bent, and I'll read it out for you, Kays. Um, I subscribe to a heap of AFL fantasy pods, and this is by far the best. Leave the guns and rookie conversations to the masses. These boys go through the trends and form of the non-obvious. This is critical for diehard fantasy coaches. I will look forward to each week. Keep it up, lads. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Great, great tweet. (laughs) Oh, it brings a tear to the eye. Glad we're uh, appreciated out there. So thanks for the uh, the iTunes review. And if you guys want to send, uh, any of our listeners want to send any more through, we'll welcome them uh, with open arms. We'll read them out on the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll thank you very kindly for those uh, nice words. Now, Hef, earlier on we were talking about all the stats and uh, scores from the, the reserve competitions around Australia. Now, as a bit of a mug, uh, you know, I'm not super internet savvy. I tried to do a bit of my own research and go onto the VFL website and the NEFA website and try and find some of these scores. Couldn't find a thing. And you've managed to dig them all up. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to say how I did it, but uh, yeah, we've as on our Patreon page for our Patreon yeah. subscribers, uh, patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod, um, I have basically scraped uh, all the stats from every uh, state league. So we've got Sample, Waffle, uh, VFL and Nefal, which are very, very hard to find fantasy scores for. Uh, they are all up on our Patreon page and on our website, which basically just mirrors our Patreon page. Um, so yeah, if you are interested in getting your hands on those, plus our weekly waiver wire episode uh, plus our projections that come out each week. So, you know, six nuggets of gold that come out <laughs> weekly for you to uh, to help you with your Keeper League. Uh, head to patreon.com slash Keeper League pod. And uh, if you sign up, you'll get all those premium resources uh, along with your subscription. As uh, diehard fantasy players, you know, we understand how actually critical these um, reserve scores are because, yeah. you know, if you're trying to, you know, you, you know, you've got your eye on someone who's been playing in the twos and, you know, you might be playing against an unsuspecting coach, you know, this is the information you need to have because you need to know if they're growing, they're building. And it can also help, you know, try and almost uh, start thinking about who you might want to recruit.
recruit next year for your side. So see how they're going. These are all absolute gold. So Hef's done an amazing job uh, getting all this data. And uh, yeah, if you're a Patreon, you'll be loving it. All right, time to wrap up the show. So thanks for joining us for another week. Uh, just a quick socials plug. So Twitter and Facebook at Keeper League Pod. Also check out our website at www.keeperleaguepod.com.au. All right, that wraps it up and uh, we'll see you next week. Go the Dons.